Good evening, ladies, and welcome to another episode of Her Pocketbook Podcast. This evening, ladies, I am joined with my sister friend, Nia Ford. Tonight, we're going to touch on topics that range from our blessings, our self-worth, teenage pregnancy, womanhood, and our own personal growth. Join us as we get real deep into what it is to be a woman in our eyes and knowing how worthy we are to be treated as such. So, as always, grab you a glass, get you a cozy seat on the couch, and sit back and chill as we take you on this journey this evening. Okay, ladies, first let me introduce you to my sister friend, Nia Ford. She's a loving mother, educator, homegirl of mine, and wife. Hey, Miss Lady. Hey, Christian, see Nicole. Uh, <laughs> I want to first thank you just for being on here, taking the time out to just sit and chat with us this evening. Yes, ma'am. Um, so I know we got a lot that we're going to talk about this evening because that's just how it's going to end up going. <laughs> so let me start with this. Uh, I guess to kind of break the ice so the ladies out there can just hear what we're really getting into. So the intent of this podcast was to be a place where we could share stories, wisdom, if it was being from me to you, you to me, us to the audience, and just for like, you know, um, stories to get passed on. And I wanted to showcase women that had either, well, all of us do in some extent, a strong mother, strong grandmother, or some kind of female mentor in their lives that kind of taught them all their skills of being a woman um, and for me, I had a whole bunch of them, um, some that I pull from every day that are still living or some that, you know, going on to heaven or whatever. But, um, so my intro to this project, the main project, I spoke upon our pocketbooks, how they're tools and how they're a trifecta, I think of our minds, our bodies, and basically the worth of a woman, which would be the monetary sense. So, just for me explaining that, if you sat on that concept about the trifecta, the mind, body, and our worth, the women that you had in your life, the strong role models that you had, what would you say, if I were just to say, do you know what a pocketbook is? Would you, you know, would you know what to say? Like, oh yeah, I heard of that before. And, you know, when you originally um, introduced this idea to me of pocketbook. Um, you know, of course, that can mean a number of different things. And I really thought that it was related to finance mm-hmm. um, for a lot of different reasons. And um, as I began to have other conversations with you and just kind of analyze it more, um, I knew it was what it was. It was, um, you know, as you described it, it was um, your pocketbook, your tools and your resources, the skills that you gained along the way in becoming a woman. And so um, that got me even more excited because I didn't came a long way. <laughs> and um, I have a lot of tools that I picked up along the way. Good. Well, we're going to get into some of these tools. Um, when you were just talking about, I was just thinking about a story, not even a story. So I have an aunt, a great aunt, and she has passed on at this point. But I'm thinking of not a skill, but something she told me. And it's something that is stuck in my mind and will forever will for the rest of my life. She told me one day, I was at her house. I probably was about 11 or 12. 
I was at her house and I was getting dressed. So I had took a shower, went into her room and I had my towel on. I was getting put my clothes on. Mm-hmm. And so she had two sons there. So she had my cousin, my older cousin and my younger cousin. Mm-hmm. And when she she left out the door and I still had my towel on, I was sitting there because she was watching the soap. So I was sitting on, on the bed watching them, not even getting dressed. And she busted in the door and I kind of was like, oh, you know, and she was like, girl, always put your underwear on first. Because if somebody busts in the door, you turn around, they still going to see your ass. <laughs> so those are just things. I don't know that that's that's what this podcast is just about, like stories like that, mm-hmm. things that you learn from your elder women, you know, mm-hmm. Um I don't know. They just bring insight to your life every day. Absolutely. And then, you know, you say you come a long way. It's almost as if we are just kind of reinventing this wheel of yes. the women that we knew before. Yes. Yes. I agree. Um, you know, like you, I, I, I'm sure I can think of all kind of stories, but um, I go back to experiences Um I had a lot of experiences as a child and, you know, as a teenager, as a woman and so forth. And um, I just, you know, I don't forget experiences. I don't forget, um, you know, the role models, women role models, you know, that I was around and that, you know, I spent many hours and days and months and years with certain women. And I just remembered, you know, the experiences that I went through. Um, You know, I can go into that more in detail, but that's what I fall back to the experiences. Now, I know that you have a daughter that is, uh, what's her, her birthday is coming up too, actually. Yes, she will be 19 tomorrow. 19 tomorrow. Okay, so with a 19-year-old, where do you see yourself as far as passing on some game and some wisdom to her? Like, where is she at right now? Well, where she's at right now in life, she's living that um, 19-year-old life. Mm Mm-hmm of experiencing. And, um, you know, this might be a common topic that we keep drawing back to is experiences because um, I'm letting her live her experiences. Um, I'm letting her tap into, you know, different areas of life just so she can have the experience. I can teach her, I can, you know, show her and tell her, um, but she has to have have the experience for herself. so she's in school. She's in um, community college. You know, um, I've instilled education into her, and she knows that she has to have that as a foundation. Um, unfortunately, you know, due to COVID, she's not working, but she is um, financially stable. Um, she's also into modeling. Um, my daughter is very pretty, if I must, must say so myself. Yes, she is. Yes, she um, is. So she's into modeling, she's done some shoots and some shows, and she does, you know, have all kinds of photos and social media and stuff. Um, but again, you know, I'm, and it, it's not hard. I mean, excuse me, it's not easy to let your daughter or your child go through experiences, you know. Um, but I think I'm comfortable in my parenthood to where I can allow her to go through that because I know what I taught her. There yeah, I heard, I had a friend that was talking about her daughter uh, the other day, and she just said that uh, somebody commented and said, you know, 
you've done all that you can. You taught her really well. And she was just like, she went off to college and she said, um, yeah, I've done all that, but truly it's on her to have heard everything I said and take that out into the world. So, you know, you're putting all this on me and saying, oh, I'm this great mom or whatever. Now it's on her because she's left the nest. And I really can't do anything about it now. I just got to trust that she heard every word that I said and takes it out there and rolls with it. Yes, yes. And, you know, again, I can't stress enough that um, I trust myself and I trust what I taught her. You know, it may not stick 100% or immediately, but again, when she goes through those experiences, I'm confident that she'll remember and recall everything that I've told her and taught her. Yeah, she will. Yeah. Pretty confident of that. She's a strong girl. Yes, she is. She comes from a long history of strong women, you know, including myself, of course, on both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm happy with her. And if I can just include my stepdaughters as well. Mm-hmm. I- you know, I'm happy with them as well. Um, they're in their 20s and they're living their 20s life. Um, one, one is a young mother. Um, and they're also in school as well, pursuing um, college and even higher education master's programs, um, you know, working and stuff. So I'm proud of my kids. I'm proud of my daughters. I have two sons as well. So. Did you know how good that feels? You know, anybody that may be listening in? Just to tell your kids that you're proud of them. You know, I'm I'm, ha- I'm happy with you. I'm happy that you didn't turn into some knucklehead. <laughs> and even if you did, if you made it full circle, you came on back. You know what? Thank you. I'm glad you went out there and acted the fool, but came on right back yeah. and got it together. Yeah. I mean, you know, kids are going to make mistakes. You know, all my kids have, you know, made mistakes and. You know, I didn't cry, I didn't bled, and I didn't sweat, and I didn't get all. I, I got all kinds of stories about what I done went through with my kids, but it was all worth it because, again, it's the experience that you have to go through with your kids as a parent, as a woman, and each experience, you know, gave me wisdom and gave me strength. And you know, now I have my last child who's seven. You know, I can do it with my eyes closed, but I'm pretty sure he's gonna bring me something I've never uh, went through too. Yeah, some brand new stuff. <laughs> And you just touched on the word that I was going to get into next. So with all this going on, where do you pull your strength from? God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, God is first and foremost in my life. Um, you know, I do a lot of praying. Um, I study God's word a lot. And, you know, I don't just study and read it, but I also try to apply it. I let it marinate in my spirit into comes alive in my daily life um you know outside of god um i try to you know take care of myself mm-hmm. you know uh, mentally physically um everything you know um i've experienced counseling as well you know to build my strength and continue my momentum um my kids you know they keep me going it's like i have no choice right but to pick up and go, even when I don't want to or feel like I can't. Right. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of sources and foundation that um, I draw for strength. Yeah. I, I'm, my girls, I know they would keep me going because <laughs> you don't get two seconds of any kind of, oh, I don't feel like it because they're going to come right in there. But we need this and we need that. I have no choice. 
Yeah, there's no choice. I mean, unfortunately, you know, there are parents and, you know, out there that maybe, ha- maybe they do have a choice. Yeah. You know, not to be their best and not to be present and just to throw in the towel. And, you know, that's another story. But for me, like I said, I just simply have no choice. And I know a lot of people, um, mainly, of course, my kids and family are depending on me, mm-hmm. you know, and that's probably another topic that we might tap into briefly. You know, that's why I have a understanding of my worth. Yeah. You know, I know my purpose in people's lives, you know, so it's, it's a lot of state. You know, I have a lot on my shoulders and I just have to continue on. Right. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of women got to tap into, um, you know, your worth just not being what can I do? What, you know, what can somebody get from me? But it's just the overall, what can I do for myself? How can I, if I'm keeping myself together, if I'm keeping myself happy, how that exudes to mm-hmm. my family, how that exudes to my workplace, how that exudes just to the world when I walk out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Knowing your worth is key and, and it takes time. It's, you know, some people think they know what they got going on until something hits them and they realize the strength is something else. Yeah, I think um, one of the first experiences that I remember, and, you know, I'll probably remember this for the rest of my life, um, was when my father suddenly passed away mm-hmm. at a very young age. And, you know, I had experienced death, but nothing like that. And no one as close, you know, as my dad. Um, I just literally didn't know how I was going to go on. Mm-hmm. I, I was clueless. I had no answers. I didn't see past the next day. Um, but something very quickly after he passed away, probably within a matter of days, um, something clicked in me. And even though I was, uh, it was extremely painful, um, something clicked in me and was like, you know, you have no choice. Um, first of all, you know, my kids, and I knew I had to do this for my family, meaning my brother and mother, because they were more devastated than me. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, you know, felt I had to gain strength again. And that was a real changing point in my life. I got closer to God and stuff and just a lot of things happened and I just really gained my strength. And then after that, life really happened. You know, more things started to come and change and, you know, and I just had to accustom to that. And I'm like, if I can get through that, I can get through anything. Right. So, yeah. And that just, that just goes into growth, you know, like you said, experiences in life every experience that you have yeah either makes you or break you mm-hmm. and you just pray that you grow from it and don't just you know reverse <laughs> yeah and you know the experiences you know that I went through some a lot not some a lot were you know not so good you know I went through some tough times some terrible times um times, you know, I didn't know how, when, or if I was going to be able to get out of it. Um, But, you know, once again, going through all of that, um, I think I may have mentioned this the other day, I I see my worth almost every day. Uh And just the other day I had mentioned, I'm like, you know, God must have something very big in store for me because he keeps waking me up. Yep. He keeps bringing things, experiences, people to me. Like, you know, he keeps bringing situations and circumstances and just, you know, big stuff.
himself to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he must find me worthy. He must find me worthy of it all to handle that. To, wow, you find me that worthy to give me that level of responsibility? Wow, I must be somebody important. Right. <laughs> and, to know, and to know that I'm going to get it done. Exactly. You trust me knowing that I'm going to get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, and I tell my kids um, that all the time, you know, God trusted me with you to be your parent, you know, and I don't take that lightly. You know, he could have assigned anybody else. Yeah. You know, same thing for their father. You know, this is the father that he chose for you. For yeah. You. Man, for me to deal with. (laughs) He must have thought something great of me if he thought I can deal with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, it's all good. You know, experiences and, you know, my worthiness. And I'd also like to add, you know, my name means purpose Mm -hmm. in Swahili. And so, you know, I learned that at a very young age. And at a very young age, I always knew I had a purpose. And, you know, I kind of take that with me almost on my daily life and journey. Everything has a purpose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a part of how I operate on the daily. That's a part of who I speak to, how long, you know, who gets the privilege of being in my presence. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so everything just has a purpose. Everything lines up, the good, bad, and ugly, you know. So, you know, getting back to the certain women, like I was going to mention there's so many women and so there's women you know neighborhood women you know mm-hmm. called aunties i have neighborhood families that you know were considered my family you know there was a mother figure in my life and that particular woman um i say was almost like the main woman that i remember being a wife you know i and i was a kid Mm-hmm. And looking at her, how she dealt with her husband, um, because he was a bit mean, mm. you know, and um, I just remember how she handled that. You know, she was a real woman. You know, they were old school. They were older and had a bunch of kids. And it was like the neighborhood house. And, you know, he provided for everything and everybody. And she was just a stay at home mom. But he was kind of mean. So she had to be super strong. Yeah, she was extremely strong, and she was um, one thing I remember about her. She was very firm, you know. And another thing I remember about her, and I maybe this was like how she handled stress or how she handled him being mean. She would always hum mm-hmm. or sing, you know, um, spiritual songs. Yeah, blocking him out. You're not gonna take my joy. Yeah, so you know that really, really stands out, and it's a trick because I was a kid. Yeah, but I remember that because. Yeah. You know, it came to me a couple times, you know, growing up and even as a woman, when men, I don't, I don't know if I want to say men, but just, you know, I've had experiences being mean. Mm-hmm. And the younger me, you know, what going to pop off and we might fight and, you know, it might be some stuff for real. Right. But the older me, you know, I, I'm, I'm like my mama Thomas, my grandma Thomas, you know, I just kind of stand firm, mm-hmm. be a lady. Mm-hmm. You know, and block you out, you know, because at this moment in my life, I'm not getting disrespected. Yeah. You know, by a man. And so, um, you know, I may hear some things that I don't want to hear sometimes. And that's okay. At any given time, I'm going to be a lady. Right. 
and and that's a skill set that needs to be I don't know if it needs to be taught again if it needs to be you know sight in sight if it needs to be something that girls are looking at but like you just said always just remain in the lady there's never we know it because we're older now and you just go through it all but if younger girls can start at that point and mm-hmm. always stand firm in no matter what anyone says to them. I'm going to be a lady about it. I'm either going to walk away. If I do say something, it's going to be profound in a calm voice. I'm not going to raise my voice and lower my standards to get down to your level. Absolutely. Um, whatever I have to say, I'm exiting with that. <laughs> There's yes. nothing else that needs to be said. My last word is my last word and that's it. Yes. And especially when it comes to men and dealing with men, mm-hmm. I think just if we're teaching our girls to always stand firm, what you say is what you say. You know, it can't be, oh, this is how I feel or this is what I want. But then you go and piggyback off of that. No, you got to stand firm with it. And that mm-hmm. just comes with more respect for you as well. Yes. yes. No, no one can deny that. You, you know, you don't demand respect. Hey, she's saying what it is, mm-hmm. and and that's all she wrote. We yes. can't we can't comment on it. We can't respond to it because she done walked away. And they said nothing else. We can't even <laughs> do yes. nothing. Yes, and you know that's another good point. You uh, kind of mentioned respect because also your presence, you know, alone can bring respect. You know, you don't have to say too much to be respected. Right you know, as a woman. And so that's another thing that, you know, um, I kind of vibe off of and I kind of, you know, selfishly take advantage of <laughs> my presence because mm-hmm. I know what it does, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's it's <laughs> keeping your head up, your chin up, walking in knowing I'm it. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, um, I won't go into you know, my personality and, you know, how I get out on a daily basis, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of reserved. I'm kind of quiet, you know, um, for the most part, you know, but people who know me, my family and friends, they know who I really am. And so it's like, sometimes, you know, when I speak, people listen, mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm not just, I don't, I'm not a talker, mm-hmm. you know, I don't talk just to talk, you know, when I talk, it, it, there's a meaning and there's a purpose to it. You know, and especially, you know, depending on my surroundings, you know, you want to listen to what I have to say. You know, um, even to my daughters, my uh, oldest stepdaughter, she loves to listen to me and she loves to ask me for advice. And I love giving it to her. Right. You know, and I'm extremely careful how I, um, you know, get at her and all my kids, you know, because it's it's a trip dealing with adult kids. Yeah. You know, they'll always be my babies, you know, no matter how old they are or no matter how old I am, they're going to be my babies. But I have to look at them from what they are. They're young women and they want to be acknowledged and respected as young women. And so sometimes, you know, I, not sometimes, but a lot of times I have like really adult conversations. <laughs> it's, it's It still amazes me. I mean, these are conversations I probably wouldn't even have with my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. You know, because I just have to enlighten them on every aspect of womanhood. Right. You know, so again, I take great pleasure in that. I take um, full responsibility for that. You know, um, a quick example, my 
Naima, my youngest one, she wanted my quick thoughts because they know I can just kind of read people real fast. Mm-hmm. And so she wanted my thoughts on little guy friend. And that's a skill too. Oh, yeah. To read. <laughs> Absolutely, girl. You know, we can read people a mile away. But she wanted me, she wanted my thoughts. And I was extremely hesitant to give her my thoughts. Um, and so I was just kind of messing with her head. And so I was like, well, why do you want my thoughts? You know, you don't care about my thoughts. You want to do what you want to do anyway. And she was like, no, mom, it's really important that I know your thoughts. And so that really touched me because I'm like, oh, it, it, it's important that you know my thoughts. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes when you tell kids like, oh, he's no good or I don't like him and, you know, this and that, they'll get closer to them. They don't yeah. care what you say, you know. Yeah. But um, and so I said, well, what if I said, you know, there was something negative about him? Or what if I said it was something I didn't like about him? What would you do? And she said, well, I would um, pick his mind and, you know, find the wrong that you're talking about. Mm. I'm, so I'm like, OK. All right. And you're going to apply it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> OK. And, you know, the guy, he's not he's nothing's wrong with him and nothing's not, nothing's wrong with the guy. You know, I have no complaints. It's just he wants to be friends with my daughter. And that's a big ask, <laughs> you know, Um I'm just kind of funny, you know, who my kids pick and choose and who they're around, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, that's something that I'm kind of working on too. You, I would think that I have a lot of things figured out in my life, but I haven't figured that part out yet as far as when my kids choose, you know, their friends or, you know, their girlfriends or the boyfriends or even their spouses. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe she felt as if, okay, this might be somebody of, substance so let me ask my mom this time around you know it, it, that may be a comment on his part like you know okay he may be good enough for me to just kind of all right ask my mom see what she says because I know what I know and if we kind of on the same page and I know I'm right <laughs> yeah 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 so I tell you it's, it's a fine line you know walking with these kids you know and in, in their adult lives their young adult lives it's like you know um for a long time, my daughter, uh, Naima, would always say I treat her like a baby because mm-hmm. technically she was the baby for a while. And I say, like, maybe about a year ago, she finally stopped saying that. <laughs> so, um, you know, like I said, I'm trying to treat her as a young adult. And so now the seven-year-old is saying that, of course, you treat me like a baby. But I'm like, all oh, y'all my babies, I can't help it. And that seven-year-old don't got no choice right now. Right. He's seven. And that's why I tell my girls, too. Oh, we can do it ourselves and we can. I'm just like, you guys don't understand how the world is so different. (laughs) And you guys, because you're privy to so much because of social media and the Internet, you don't have the time to decipher from what's real and what's fake. Yes. So that makes you even greener because you can't really even teeter that line of virtual and reality. Yes. So it's almost like I have to be super protective of, of you guys because what you see on TV, what your friends are saying, what you see at school, it's like these made up, you guys are in these made up worlds. But then you, when you get out into the world for real and you've never experienced people's characteristics, you've never experienced people's moods, you've mm-hmm. never experienced how people can just be oblivious and just rude and angry and if you've never experienced that when you go out into the world all that will take you in 
yeah. and you don't know what to do. So yeah, I'm going to help you with this. Yes, I'm going to give you a little leeway here and there, but for the most part, I'm not trying to overprotect because I still want you to pay attention. I tell three things every day. Think, listen, and pay attention. That's the only three things that's going to get you by in life. If you can't think about it, can't pay attention to what's going on, and can't listen first, you're never going to get anywhere. Absolutely. So with those three skills, I'm trying to train you to actually get out into the real world and already be, like you said, reading a person, already be a little hesitant and saying, okay, let me listen first. Let me not be a talker. Let mm-hmm. me shut my mouth for a while and mm-hmm. just listen to what's going on, see if anything is contradicting, and then I can roll from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love having those conversations with my kids. You know, um, some of the things you mentioned, I, you know, I mentioned with my kids as well, um, you know, I tell Naima and I tell all my kids to, to question everything. You know, everything's questionable. And, you know, I'm, I too, I'm very overprotective. And when I say I'm not a talker, that doesn't apply to my kids. Yeah. Um, I talk to my kids about any and everything and always have, you know, ever since they were young. Um, when my kids come to me and they tell me certain things or they talk to me about certain things, I'm the kind of person in... I don't know, maybe this is a little anxiety or maybe I overthink things. I know I do sometimes. We as women always do it. Um, my daughter, she made a comment to me and she says, she did not verbatim, but she kind of summarized and says, gosh, you always put the negative or the negative spin on things. Right. And at first I got, you know, I was like, well, dang, maybe I should kind of check myself or check my delivery. I don't want her to think I'm just, you know, a negative person. Um but I had to also tell her because that's kind of how life is. Life is not pretty, you know, and when things present themselves, I just want you to have all the what if scenarios. Mm-hmm. You know, it can go great. It can go beautiful, but it can also flip. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, people change their mind every day. Things change every day. You wake up and it's a whole pandemic. You wake up, somebody might have passed away. You know, you have to be prepared for those kind of things. Yeah, you you hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. That's what they say. Yes, absolutely. And that's how, you know, that's one of the things that kind of helped me gain my strength. Again, going back to my father, because it was suddenly when he passed away, wasn't expecting any of that. Um, But it was then when I knew, oh, anything can happen at any given day. Mm -hmm. I have to be prepared for whatever, you know, and as I developed into my spiritual life, um, you know, through the years, I learned to also expect greatness, you know, because um, I know that's a promise that God said I can have mm-hmm. here on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I know that I stand on his promises. So and I know that I'm worthy of greatness and his promises. So, you know, I try to balance, you know, I try to, you know, tell my kids both sides of the world. I want you to know the good and the bad, you know, so you can be prepared. I can't tell you everything's going to be all great and, you know, expect greatness every day or, you know, it's going to be like that. Yeah, because that's when when you get stuck, when you get hit with the challenge, you don't know what to do. You know, and there were so many things in my life that I was not ready for. I didn't know anything about. No one told me. There were so many things that I had to learn on my own through experiences. And so, um, you know, 
again, this is why I talk to my kids so much. I tell them every possible scenario, every possible scenario, because I don't want nothing to catch you off surprise. I mean, that's probably not realistic. You're going to be, you know, caught off guard sometimes. But I just want you, when you out there living your life and going through stuff, I want you to remember and say, my mom told me this would happen. Uh-huh. Or my mom said, oh, she said if this happened, then you just do it like that, you know because I didn't really have that. I had to go through some experiences and and bump my head a thousand times, you know, to learn the right thing to do. And, you know, I had a lot of great women in my life. I had a lot of great uh, role models and I had a wonderful upbringing. But again, there was a lot of things that I did teach myself um, through unfortunate experiences. And I think that not that that was fault of yours that you, you know, like had to go through the experiences to bump your head to get through it or to even learn anything. But I feel like every generation, there's a gap, mm-hmm. but it has to be on the prior generation to say, okay, you know what? I'm not just going to not talk about this or not engage in this conversation with my kids because, you know, either you don't want them to find out anything about you Mm-hmm. Or you're scared if you say too much, they may look at you differently. But not knowing that you letting them know what has gone on in your life, mm-hmm. you're showing them that, you know, hey, mom is a human, too. Yeah, Mom's been through this, too. Like, I'm not crazy what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not crazy what I'm thinking about doing, you mm-hmm. know. But if someone's been there and they've told me what their outcome is. Hey, you never know. That may be a second guess for them. Like, you know what? Never mind. Because my mm-hmm. mom told me one time when she did the same thing, what happened? And uh-uh, not me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know, my, my daughter, Naima, she, um, I'm again, I'm just so proud of her because she's just so strong-minded in so many ways, on so many levels. And, you know, she'll bluntly tell me, and my old, Raina, my oldest stepdaughter, they both will tell me, I don't want to be like you. Yeah. They won't say it bluntly like that, but just, um, you know, they know some of my trials and they know some, they've witnessed it. They watched it. They lived with me through it. Um, and they'll just say, no, I don't want to go through that. And that's perfectly fine. That's the lesson right there. There it is. I'm about to say that's basically a compliment because I don't want you to be. Yes. You're supposed to be better than me anyway. And I'm training you to be better than me. You know, I'm giving you all the tools that I know, um, you know, and I'm telling you and I'm training you from a young age, you know, this just, it didn't just start, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know, like I said, Naima's 19 and the other girls are in their 20s and this, it didn't just start. You know, my yeah. daughters have been in my life since they were, um, gosh, I don't know, they were like 10 or something like that. Um, you know, now they're in their 20s and of course Naima's, you know, been with me forever. So it didn't just start, you know, and Naima, She's always been around older women herself. Mm-hmm. And it's a trip. You know, my son, too, he's, uh, what, 22. And they both just have always been mature. Yeah. You know, uh, kind of ahead, you know, especially Naima, that Naima. <laughs> <laughs> she just, you know, I think she didn't been here before. And, you know, and even my seven-year-old, he's extremely goofy. He's an average seven-year-old. But he also, he, um, he, he hangs out with older kids. Yeah. You know, he has a lot, a lot of cousins on um, his father's side, and a lot of them are older. Yeah. You know, so I, I guess it's just kind of, you know, I don't know. In my blood, in our blood, we just like older people. You know, we, we are full of wisdom. I, too, you know, when I was growing up, I always had older friends, always. 
always had older friends, including one of my best friends is older than me. She's what? I think she just turned 50 this year. Camille mm-hmm. Branch. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one of my good friends. You know, I've learned so much um, from her. You know, she was she became my friend when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. That was in prime time. You know, and she uh, that girl gave me so much game. It's ridiculous. And she was very firm with it. Yeah, she was very firm. And I watched her. I just learned a lot from her. Um, You know, oh, gosh, you know, I had a childhood friend um, named Benny was a guy. And um, me and Benny, we were 10 years old when we met in the neighborhood. And, do you know, I became friends with his mother. His mother. <laughs> Ain't that crazy, girl? I be- and to this day, we are still friends. And and she calls me daughter. And I call I- her like my play mom. And this was when, we- and me and Benny, I mean, Benny, you know, he's kind of out there doing another life, kind of life. But, you know, I kind of still see him here and there. But it's more so me and Yvette, the mom, are friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I-, I think that goes along with, like you said, um, even with your stepdaughter, like you said, they, they like to hear you talk. They like to learn from you. And I think that's something that we take from older friends, being around older women and, you know, just listening to them talk. Mm-hmm. We're like, we're like little sponges ourselves. We just want to know, like, ooh, mm-hmm. you know, cause we're looking at them like role models. It could be uh, material things, you know, the house that they live in. Mm-hmm, we see the car that they're driving. Absolutely. You know, just how guys are like, oh, you know, whoever the pimps and the players or the drug dealers or the, you know, whoever the <laughs> okay. businessmen, they're looking up to them and oh, they're in the suits and they're driving business. We're looking at ladies just the same. We see the jewelry that they have on. Yes. We see, like you said, um, the woman in the neighborhood. We see how firm she is with her husband. We 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 truly know that she has all the control, but she's just playing the role for right now. <laughs> yes. And we want to get to that point. So we're basically studying these women mm-hmm. and just trying to duplicate, you know, just trying to be that. Yeah. And, you know, when you say study women, you know, I did that a lot and I kind of still do do it. You know, I study. I'm, like I said, I'm very observant mm-hmm. and, you know, I admire women, you know, um, but also growing up, I was around some women and some things that I did not need to see. Mm-hmm. So maybe at such a young age. Um, and maybe I probably didn't even understand what I was looking at. But through the years, I had to go back. Like, what was that? I remember I had a friend um, when I was about 10 years old, maybe, maybe younger. But all I will say is I remember it was a bunch of kids in the house and it was maybe a few adults, few lady adults. And I don't think they, I know they weren't the parents, they were family members. And these few lady adults would walk around in thongs all the time. Hmm. And they were real thick, you know, and, and, Thinking back on it now, I have no idea what was going on back then because I was too young to understand, but I think they were some kind of prostitutes. I know for sure it had to be some drug dealing going on. Like it was some stuff going down in that apartment because that's something that I probably would never forget. Women walking around in those thongs and they were real thick, you know, they had nice bodies Mm -hmm. and they were kids around. 
you know, probably was all their kids and they, you know, had to do what they had to do in the house, <laughs> you know. And so that's the kind of stuff that I was around. I remember being around another um, neighborhood family and, you know, again, drug dealing was going on and, you know, kids were there and, um, you know, they would let their kids smoke weed and drink. And we these kids was like 12 and 13 and. You know, I've I, I seen a lot. I remember sitting on one of the neighborhood, um, you know, he was like a play uncle to us. And, you know, of course, he was a little drug dealer or whatever. But, you know, he gave us candy and bought us stuff. And, you know, but I remember and I, he took us to the park and to the movies and stuff like that. But I remember sitting on his lap because, again, I looked at him as an uncle figure and I felt a little something when I sat mm-hmm. on his lap. Mm-hmm. That scared me. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm only like 10, 11, or 12. And I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> like that doesn't feel right. You know, so those are the kind of experiences, you know, that that I witnessed. I, like, when I say I witnessed some very good women in my life, but I've also been around some stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to decipher that for myself. Like, okay, this is not right. Mm-hmm. Or this doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so... And and that's part of just like I tell the girls, think, listen, and pay attention. If something not right, you know, just think about it. Pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. If it's not cool, that that hunch you having is something. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's that intuition, that's that yeah. spirit, you know. And um I was just talking to my son the other day about, you know, how you control your mind. I talked mm-hmm. about that more so probably than any of my other kids. Um, because he's only 22. So of course he hasn't figured that part out yet, but he was asking me, um, basically in a nutshell, long story short, he was just kind of having some problems on his job. And he was saying, um, I was, you know, trying to tell him how you deal with difficult boss, um, you know, how you deal with difficult coworkers and just kind of how you block stuff out. Right. And he cannot block things out. (laughs) And he wants to try so bad. And he was just like, Mom, how do you turn it off? Like, how do you block things out? And I was like, son, (laughs) it's just a mental thing. Like, you have to have control over your mind. You got to truly pay attention to something else. Yes, yes. And, 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 And paying attention to something else, most likely, it's something that makes you happy. You know, because yeah. that's it's the same thing as basically daydreaming. If you're on your job, say you're stapling papers all day. I could be stapling away, but I'm thinking about taking a vacation to Jamaica. I have already <laughs> tapped out. Yeah. I'm still I'm still just stapling these papers like they're supposed to. But yeah. I'm thinking nothing about the, these corners. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking nothing about these staples. The staples learned and ran out of staples. Yeah. And I'm still just a daydreaming and, and pushing away. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's a good example you bring up, you know, and it was it was kind of hard for me to explain to him how do you block it out? Because, you know, I'm not a therapist, you know, like, but I have received therapy and in therapy, I did learn a lot how to, you know, mind your mind and control your thoughts and all that. But it was just difficult for me to explain to my son how to do that. And, you know, I had to just kind of revert back to my experiences. I told him what I do you know, some of the things that I do to help regulate my mind, especially while I'm on the job, you know, so just a part of stress management, you know, you got to just do what works for you because it's different for everybody. And maybe what works for me is not going to work for him and his little 22 year old mind. (laughs) 
Yeah, but it's important because, you know, you let too much get to your mind, especially on your job, but it drives you crazy. Yeah. And then your emotions get involved and you done walked out and quit <laughs> all because oh, yeah. it was time for a break and you didn't go yet, you know? <laughs> yeah. I just was having that conversation with one of my um, girlfriends and she, once again, she was kind of having a difficult um situation with her boss and you know she was like something's gonna have to happen she's gonna go off and all this and I was like girl don't let that boss run you up out your job because you're very good at what you do you've been in your industry and your job for a very long time you know it's just a difficult moment right now you're gonna have to figure out how to master that you know and kindness kills you know know that's a generic thing and it's very it's easier said than done because you know we all human I didn't popped off plenty of times recently, <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, you know, kindness kills, you know, and you can't fall into somebody else entrapment. Right. Because that, that kindness gives you the power though. Absolutely. Because whomever was trying to get to you or was getting to you, you've completely given them a blank face of, okay, and, you know, they're kind of left with, oh, she's fine. Like I said the last time with the the woman, you know, I'm going to hum my way. I'm going to, hey, <laughs> do what I got to do. And I'm just going to hum my way along. You don't know what I'm thinking or what I'm doing. What I've said is what I said. And I walked away. And I can only leave you with that. Yes. Yes. Whatever you do outside of that, you get angry. and You try to follow me and say more stuff. And I'm continuing to walk away. You're creating stress for yourself now. I've walked away with my smile. Mm-hmm. I said, God bless you. Kept <laughs> on moving. And you know, what's funny is, you know, I had a um, kind of a difficult situation one time on my job. And, you know, we all, it's just the average thing that we have to go through on the job. Everything's just not going to be perfect. Um, it was so funny because I went off. I had to like regroup and I had to have a timeout and everything. Um, time out. I did. My coworker said, "Go over there and sit down." Um, but you know, it was so funny. Remember, I said I pray a lot and I believe in God and you know, all that. Um, and so I just started really, really praying on the situation. One morning, I came to work earlier than um, everyone else. I was the first one to get there, and I saged that office. And it yeah. was so funny. I saged that office out touched every corner, everything, every piece of equipment. I prayed over it and everything. And the person that I was in conflict with, she came and didn't know what happened. It was like a complete shift in the energy. Mm -hmm. She didn't know why she was saying good morning to me. How are you? She didn't know why I was felt bold enough to walk up to her and speak to her. And, you know, it was just amazing. It was just like she had this blank stare on her face. Like, and I was just cracking up to myself. Like, you don't even understand what's going on, lady. Right. You don't I even know. Power in this atmosphere right now. But you know what I'm saying? And, and it's just crazy. Like, I used my strength. I used mm-hmm. my spirituality. I used my God to step into the situation. Once again, my presence. Mm-hmm. Girl, you know? wait. My, my grandmother... Before she passed, she gave us these big old bags of blessed salt. And I still have mine. That thing has to be at least 10 years old. Like, you can't even see the, her writing on it anymore or anything. But I still got at least, I got a lot left. So, um, there's one of my uh, bosses. You know, she kind of, I don't know, just her vibe I just don't get with. It's It's either she's complaining. It's just a lot. 
So one day, like again, I got there early before she got there. And I put some, my grandmother always say, you know, if you got a new home, if you got a new car, sprinkle some blessed salt in there. It's going to just protect you, right? Mm -hmm. If you sprinkle it across your doorstep, Mm -hmm. no one of any evil, of any harm will be able to even come through your door, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I did at my job. I put it across my doorstep in my office, right? So (laughs) we have to keep our doors open. And, you know, I put it down there, you know, went on about my way. A few people came in. Hey, how you doing? But I had no problem with them. This woman came to come talk to me and would not come in. She stood in the doorway <laughs> and kind of held, you know, held her arms up against the walls and was talking to me against the walls. And I kind of said, um, you can come on in and sit down. She was like, no, it's OK. I just want to talk to you real quick. <laughs> And then she went on about her business. And I'm thinking the same thing. Like, you don't even know. Like, you can't even cross that threshold. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And when you can walk around daily. Yeah. Knowing that. Yes. Girl, that's a wonderful feeling. Mm -hmm. That makes you feel so empowered, you know, liberated. Like, that's just a wonderful feeling. And Raymond, my Mm -hmm. husband, he, he makes me or I should say he contributes to me feeling like that way, like a woman. Yeah. He contributes to me feeling confident, mm-hmm. worthy and important and of value. You know, he contributes to that. So I just had to touch on that because, you know, that plays, a, I think, a, a role in women's life too. the, the mate that you choose. Yeah. Yeah, you it know? does. It does. You, Cause you want somebody, you want somebody to, be that positive reinforcement for you. Yes. But in the same vein, a mirror to you yes. that, you know, that's telling you, that's calling you on your shit, you know, that's letting you know, hey, this ain't right. That ain't right. You know, now you know. <laughs> but like I said, in the same vein is rooting for you, is your biggest cheerleader. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's such a blessing. It's such a blessing to have somebody in my corner that's rooting for me you know, that support in my womanhood. And, um, you know, my stepdaughter, uh, Raina, she asked me, I can't remember her exact words, but she kind of asked me like, you know, do you still get cute for dad? And do you still try to, you know, look all cute? Or do you still get butterflies? And, you know, over the year, I had to think about that. That was a good question. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I say like in the last, I mean, cause we've had some up and downs in our relationship and like the last, maybe I say six months, I have. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm all dolled and stuff, but I make sure it's right. You know, um, you know, when he get home from work, you know, he don't want to see me in my pajamas or mm-hmm. he don't want to see no dirty house or, you know, those are just the kind of things. They're small things. They're simple things. But I'm very mindful of that. Yeah. I'm very mindful of what a man wants to come home and see or, you know, how a man wants to see his woman when he, you know, wake up and go throughout his day. Right. But then, you know, on the flip side, too, that's just something that we should even have for ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm I'm keeping my home together because anybody that stepped foot in here can never say nothing. You know, Um, even though I'm not going, you know, dressed to the nines to a party or something when I step out I, no one could ever say oh I saw Christian and ooh you know she was looking rough no yeah. you never say that because yeah. I'm going to take the time for myself 
as I step out into the world, I'm going to take the time for myself to create a serenity in my home, home, a home that my daughters are looking at and they're taking heed to. You know, girls are like one girls, they're they're teenage, well, not even teenagers yet, but almost teenagers. But you got to tell them 54, 11 times. Pick this up, pick that up. <laughs> yes. But when they're always coming into my room, it's like, oh, your room's so neat. I can kind of see sometimes they'll go back in their room and just clean up. Yeah, because you want it to look like mine. Absolutely. Or or I just got some new clothes, da, 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 or we just came from a trip or something, and I pull my clothes out, and I put my dirty ones wherever they go, and, you know, I put my clothes up, and then I didn't wrap my suitcase up and put it back where it needs to go. Yeah. And they'll come in like, oh, you already had a like, yeah, I just had to put my stuff up. Yes. And then somebody will leave, and next thing you know, I hear all this rambling. What are you doing? Putting my suitcase in the closet? Yeah, because they already put up their stuff. They're trying to be like me. Yes, exactly. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad to, to, uh, to hear you say that because, honestly, I would say now, you know, I've always been aware that my children were watching me and I always tried to be the best example. But I was also a young mom. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a teenager. I was walking the high school stage, getting a diploma when I was mm-hmm. my son. Um, but I honestly can say that I just learned that fully about maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, to always just keep tight, no matter what, you know, it, no matter what, you know, just to always keep tight, keep organized. And, you know, another good friend who taught me to be organized is Kaya. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in my professional life at work and when I'm handling business, you know, I'm very organized, you know, and, and people can speak highly to that. But in my life, you know, it's it's so many different things going on. Sometimes I just appear to be lost. No, I wouldn't say that. I feel lost. I don't appear to be lost, but I feel lost in, right. my, in my thoughts. Right. Um, gosh, where was I going with that? But w- what I wanted to say was um, I just learned that skill, you know, to always just keep things tight and organized. Your kids are watching home, bathroom, bed, closet, every kitchen, everything, you know, wipe down bathroom, counters, dating, mm-hmm. cleaning, all that, you know, those domestic things. And I, I say that because, you know, two years ago, I just went through a huge transi- transition in my life. And, you know, it, it was a bumpy one, you know, it was a tough one. And, you know, it was a bit emotional. And, you know, my kids were watching and they were asking questions, what's going on, why this and why that. And one of the main things that I told them, and mainly Raina, because she's the oldest one, and I knew she would understand, because all my womanhood you know, I've been a mother. Yeah. You know, at, at 18, I went straight from high school student to parent. You know, so I've always been a mother. I've always put my kids first. And I've always, always been in a relationship. You know, um, I can recall maybe one time in my 20s when I was single for maybe six months. You know, um, and, and then I was married, you know, so I've just always been in a relationship. I've always just devoted my time to a man or, you know, to my kids. I, I didn't take a lot of time to figure out who Nia was. For you, yeah. You know, and who I am as a woman and, and until two years ago, literally. You yeah. Know? And so, um, you know, I remember like when I turned 40, like my 40s is just banking right now. I'm only, <laughs> but when I turned 40, something hit, something clicked. 
you know, like I just started really just I had a different look on life and I was enjoying myself and I was figuring out who I was as a woman. I was spending time to myself. You know, I was buttering my body down and, you know, it was just it was lit. I, I was feeling good about myself. I was really feeling myself. And then 41 hit. You know, and I had all these great plans for 2020, like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go here and won't, won't, won't. I'm gonna tap into my womanhood over here. And then, you know, um, depression hit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Knocked me down. Um, But I got right back up, you know, real smooth with it. (laughs) You know, didn't nobody even know I was down, but a few people, Um, you know, and, and I take great pride in that, you know, as far as picking myself back up and you know, um, facing my troubles, my challenges, my issues, and even having my kid kids witness it. Um, and then COVID hit, you know, and then all this other stuff hit in 2020. So my 40s has really been, you know, banging, you know, with trials and tribulations, but much joy. Yeah, much I was going to say, you know, well, I think early on 2020, a lot of people were going through it almost like a purge. Like we had to get all this stuff out. Yes. To prepare for this solidarity almost. Yes. Because, you know, for that first couple of months, hey, we were just on chill mode. Like, you can't do nothing. You either got to sit with yourself and face it in the mirror. You got to sit with your family and face it. Mm-hmm. You don't have no excuse to not be talking to each other. Mm-hmm. You don't have no excuse to not be working things out. So, yeah. a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people early in 2020 had that purge like what is going on with me yes and then they all they're the ones that almost came out well you know most likely did come out on top right now I don't have no worries now because I just went through this whole thing and now I get this time to just be calm and be with that yeah yeah I mean I'm truly taking advantage of this COVID season you know yes it's you know it sucks it's it's life-changing it's difficult and blah blah but you know i also see it as an opportunity i've I've accomplished a lot Mm -hmm. Um, i still have a lot more to accomplish but when i went through my purge you know because my purge happened before covid Mm -hmm. you know and went through when i went through my purge and after i came out of it um things just started happening yeah like just all of a sudden like literally just falling out the sky i'm like oh where did that come from oh wow oh geez like I wasn't expecting that but God did said expect greatness yes but you had to let go of some stuff first absolutely so I can't I can't get to you with all these barriers absolutely absolutely so when I let go of some things in my life you know at the beginning of 2020 it hurt it was extremely painful Mm -hmm. um but gosh it was a purge it was a purge and and just things started happening you know i redecorated my little apartment and Mm -hmm. you know and just just everything just brand new like i feel like a brand new person yes open your eyes to what's you know what's really important yeah you know and and one of another lady that i admire um she calls it open season Mm -hmm. this is open season anything can happen good bad yeah anything can happen and you just gotta hey all right Mm mm-hmm what just say what it is and walk away keep going back to that lady just yeah. gonna say what it is stand firm and just walk away yeah. okay you know and before i had this um podcast i was having a conversation with raymond and i was telling him how i want to stand out 
Mm-hmm. And he thought I was talking about the podcast. <laughs> he said, oh, you want to stand out in the podcast? So what you going to say? What you going to talk about? I was like, no, I'm not talking about that. I was talking about I want to stand out on my job. Right. Because this is a time to stand out. Yeah. Because physically when I'm on campus and when I'm on my job, my name rings. Mm-hmm. You know, different departments, students and teachers and the communities, every, everybody knows Nia Ford. Right. You know, and I want that to still be the same in this virtual environment. Right. You know, I want to be popping up in meetings and committees and presentations mm-hmm. and all kinds of places, virtually, mm-hmm. you know, because I can easily just sit and wait for an email. Yeah. You know, or I can easily just, you know, uh, play on the computer. Right. But there's so much opportunity to be created in this new environment. This is our new normal. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's it's normal. I don't even want to call it new anymore because we almost in six months in. Absolutely. It's normal now. Absolutely. And so I'm just going to take full advantage of it. I'm going to take full advantage of it. And I'm very confident when we do return back to work physically, I know I won't be the same. I know I'm going to bring some new skills, you know, and it's just going to be, you know, a good thing. It's going to yeah. be a good thing. And I'm, and I'm thankful for this opportunity again. Um, Everything has a purpose. COVID is a purpose. <laughs> you know, this air quality we deal with, that's a purpose. There's a purpose yep. behind everything. And, you know, I just trust God with everything that happens, you know, and, and that's another very difficult skill to learn and understand because I'm often questioned, you know, I hear the question and my kids have asked too, you know, well, why does God allow these bad things to happen? You know, he allows death. He allows this and that and that, you know, that's a tough conversation to have. Yeah, but, but when you have faith and when you have wisdom and you just understand life, then you understand there's beauty in the bad things that happen. Yeah. So it's just a shame for the tragic of it all. Yes. Because in a in a in a beautiful world, you know, the evolution would just keep on going. The circle of life would just keep on going. We would probably sit better with death. But when it just comes, when it gets down to the violence and stuff, that's, you know, that's what kind of takes it to another level and what you can't understand. Because I I, I truly think that, like like I said, if it was a better world and we just knew that that was just the cycle. But, you know, some believe that they come back in the spirit world, you're reborn, you know, a baby acts like your grandmother, you know, things like that. You can kind of explain that circle of life. Yeah, but yeah, when you get this violence in here, it's like now that's the hard discussion, on, you know, on my end because it's like, why? Yeah, did that even have to happen? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, and I always tell my kids, you know, it's easier said than done. Yeah, you know, you no one really has a clear cut answer on why the violence has to happen, and you know, all the tragedies in life have to. I mean, because there's some horrible things that happen in life. Yeah, you know, no one really has a clear cut answer, but again, I just always resort back to God. And when you resort, well, when I resort back to God, there's clarity, you know, and there's peace. Yeah, you know, and so um, that's what I live off of, you know, God, you know, and I also believe in creating your own peace in whatever environment you might be in. You know, you can, you don't have to be in the best environment to have peace. Yeah, you don't. You know, and again, you got you to gotta, you gotta pull it out for yourself. Absolutely. And oh boy, do I know how to pull that out. <laughs> that's also in my pocket, but that's one of my tools. I will pull it out in a minute. In a minute. Be in stone a, cold on you. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I, again, I take great pride in that, you know, because a lot of people don't know how to experience that or pull that out. You know, a lot of people don't have control over their emotions. You know, they just got to say something. They just have to react. You know, they have to be bitter, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's okay. That's, that's, that's for them. Yeah. But not for me a fool. Yeah. Not for, not for me either. <laughs> Hey, I don't have no time for that. There's other stuff going on in the world. If you want to be mad, stay mad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I was just having that conversation with my mother about, you know, people are so funny how, you know, again, it's easier said than done. And I've done it too, how people just say mad. Mm-hmm. Like they just, you just, how long are you going to be mad? Though that's a lot of weight. For years. And, you know, and it's a conversation I was having about COVID. I was hoping that it would resolve some of those issues for some people. Like I said, it was a time. It is a time that, you know, you have to sit down with your family. You can't just be out, you know, trying to avoid the issues at home. So maybe with some families, I was hoping that, you know, some of these long, bitter relationships could be repaired because now I got to sit in your face and we got to be in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I don't know if that happened. Cause some, you know, like you said, some people just they stay mad, and that's just what it is, and that's, that's how they're gonna go down in life. <laughs> yeah, that's their normal. I mean, you know, but it's just not for me. That's too much weight. You know, um, I've learned to release so much anger, so much bitterness, so much pain. I just, I, I've learned to release that. One of the most major things that I was able to release in life. Um, how I felt about my real father mm-hmm. who is still living. I mean, mm-hmm. my father who passed away. Um, but I had a lot of emotions and feelings about my real father growing up. And um, Raymond, going back to Raymond, you know, about a good, maybe, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years ago, he helped me release most of that. And, and that was real huge in my life. Because I carried that around solidly, faithfully, consistently. You know, um, I hated my last name, my maiden name. You know, that captain. Mm -hmm. You know, I hated everything about a captain. You know, um, but again, Raymond, um, maturity, my spirituality helped me to release that weight. And that was so much weight, Christian. That was so much weight I released. And even though I still hold just a tad bit some of those feelings and emotions, I can still go around him and love on him and, you know, forgive him, um, you know, and just appreciate what it is. Yeah. You know, um, again, I, it was just a lot of weight that I had to release. You know, yeah, I, that's a that's a sticky situation when it comes to our parents. And I've always kind of said or just had this thought. Our parents were once us at one point, you know, or they were once at a crossroad and either had to go left or right. We all came to that same crossroad mm-hmm. when we finally get there and we understand I get why you went left instead of right. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where that healing begins. If you've ever had any fault with your parents, Mm -hmm. that's when that healing should begin. When you go beyond that and don't realize, hey, they had choices 
You don't know what they were up against. You don't know why they had to make the choices that they made. But at one point in your life, you're going to be at that same crossroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you find yourself there, that's when it should click like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, you know, I can also relate to that with my um, my child's father, you know, mm-hmm. uh, my daughter's father. You know, I've had tough conversations with her about her father. You know, um, and when I talk to her about her father, I try, oh, I try so hard to paint the best possible picture. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not the ideal situation, the ideal circumstance, it's still your father. Yeah. It's still who God chose for you, you know, Um And I just try to paint the best possible situation. You know, you have to acknowledge who your parents are. This is where you come from. This is where you're rooted in. Yeah. You know, um, so. And you never know, you know, a couple of years from now, a year from now, six months. They're going to come to terms with each other. Yeah. You know, and however she's feeling about them right now. They'll probably have a good sit down powwow, you know, and then she'll have no issues loving on him. Yeah. You know, and being okay with what it is. You know, and that's my, again, you know, I have so many conversations with my kids and I was just talking to my daughter about why, why I never filed child support. Mm -hmm. You know, like the rest, a lot of other mothers do. Right. So, you know, that's a personal decision. But for me, um, you know, in short, I told my daughter that I never filed child support because I felt it was evil. Hmm. Um, because even though, you know, he deserved some evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not my job. Yeah. That's not my job to bring that to him. Um, even though the flesh wanted to, and even though at times I didn't want to bring evil to him and other people, um, that's just not my job. And, you know, and I said, it. and if, if I was to take him to child support, that would be evil and he would be punished and it would be all kind of penalties, you know, behind that. And that would mess up him being a father to you. Right. Because we're getting something else involved. We're getting our stuff involved in him and you. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, this little 19 year old girl said, she said, mom, not everyone thinks like you. <laughs> because she's heard and seen so uh, so many other mothers who would drag their parents, the other parents, to court and get you know a bunch of money and all kind of stuff. And it wasn't about that for me, you know. Because first of all, my kids have always been well taken care of. I don't need any extra money. I mean, right. nice, but right. you know. And of course, yes, you should con- contribute to the child that you made. Um, but again, I just didn't feel it was my place to punish him, you know. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, well you don't think like other moms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is what it is. You know, I, I my heart, you know, growing up in my I don't know, probably early twenties, you know, my parents, my mom and dad, who's now deceased, they used to tell me I had a hard heart. Mm-hmm. And um I never understood what they meant. 
until maybe about, I don't know, a good five or 10 years ago. And my dad's been gone for 13 years. And so a lot of, it's, it's crazy because some of the things that I'm 41, some of the things that my parents told me back in the day, I'm just now applying and understanding. Just now applying, yep. Just now applying. Yep. And so, you know, they used to always say you have a hard heart. And, you know, I was a just kind of a knucklehead and just kind of out there doing me and just doing all kind of crazy stuff. And I never understood that. I just thought I was being hardcore. I didn't care. This me. I'm going to do me. You know, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but after I realized I do have a hard heart, it's heck hard. Like it's made of steel. And then, mm. you know, yeah, honestly, I heard someone say my heart is made of steel. I heard that when I heard that one day, it set, it, it, it crept into my spirit. And then I start saying it, you know, my heart is made of steel. Can't nothing break me. And, you know, I was just real hard. And, um, you know, I'm so thankful. That's another one of my blessings that God has softened my heart. Mm-hmm. I'm still hard a little bit, you know, but he has definitely um, crushed my walls down. You know, even Raymond said for many a years that I always had my guard up, you know, being married. He used to always say that I always had my guard up, and I would bluntly tell him I'll never put my guard down mm-hmm. to my husband, you know. Um, but I don't feel that I don't feel that way anymore. I don't feel that way, you know. I got a little. Yeah, bit. you got to soften it at some point. Because... A little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, because again, you don't want to hold. That's a lot of weight I was holding. Mm-hmm. That's about to say that hard is still you're gonna be like these beanies walking around still me, <laughs> still mad. Yeah, you know, I had to I had to release. I had a lot of weight, man. I was just holding on to a lot of just a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of my experiences, you know, I went through I didn't speak on it. You know, I didn't speak on the experiences that I went through. I didn't speak on being taken advantage of as a young teenage girl. I didn't speak on how I felt, you know, being a teenage mom and being in abusive relationships and going through depression. I didn't speak on it. I held mm-hmm. that in. I held that in. Like, you know. And that's that's what hardened that heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I say about maybe a good five years ago, um, probably more than that, but officially, I started tapping into my public speaking, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I spoke at a couple women conferences. And I think I want to say, was it the first time that I did? I did it about two or three times. The first time I did, I had people in tears. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was just telling my story, like, you know, and I cry a little bit because I'm kind of emotional. But um, I was just like kind of in awe of the reaction that I got. And I was just like, wow, you know, people need me. Like, yeah, people need to hear my because story. and you're not alone. They're they're in tears because either they've been through it and never spoke on it. Yeah, you know, uh, their daughters, your sons, whomever are going through it right now and never spoke on it. It's just kind of like a reality yeah. slap in the face. Yeah, and so like, dang, I hurt too. Yeah, hurt too. Her too. And, you know, and, and I really took advantage of that because, you know, and that's one of the reasons, many reasons why I appreciate this platform, because, um, you know, when I speak like this, you know, whether it's a woman's conference or just, you know, whatever, I'm an open book. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not an open book just generally just on a daily. But again, if I have the right platform, 
and if and if it's for the betterment of women, yeah. you know, I'm an open book. And it feels comfortable, and you know it's safe to yeah let it go, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, being a woman is so hard. It's so hard, you know. It's being a being a yes. mother, a wife, you know. You, you're working. You have yeah. so much. You got all these baskets, all these masks, mm-hmm. all these hands, mm-hmm. and. It's almost as if like everyone's just looking at you like they're expecting you to always be on go. Like, and then God forbid I say, I just want a little time for me. It's, <laughs> and it's crazy because no, it's crazy. Not like, oh, well, why? It's almost like, well, what's wrong? Like, are you sick? You know, <laughs> let me kind of lay in the bed a little longer. Mom, are you okay? Are you sick? No, I'm just relaxing. Right, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I was just telling Raymond, you know, we were having a conversation, you know, just about all the the roles that I play as a woman on a daily basis, especially in this new environment, our our new our normal now at home. Mm-hmm. And you know, this go this applies even prior to COVID. You know, I do this and I do that, and I got to make sure this is done and that is done. And you got to do it with a smile. With a smile every time. Can't have no attitude about it. Not at all. You got to do it with a smile and you got to stand tall, you know, shoulders up, feet down with a smile. Even if you don't feel like when I was went through my little state of depression real quick, I had to go to work. Yeah. You know, and I can kind of laugh about it now. And and I've told others this as a word of advice. You know, how do you manage stress and depression and stuff or when you have your episodes? When I tell you I will go in the bathroom. (laughs) This was just simply when I was going through my own personal experience in my own personal life. But I still had to show up at my job. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I was just really touched. I was really emotional. And I, w- I went in the bathroom about three or four times a day and mm. just cried and went back to my job like nothing happened, watered my face and my eyes <laughs> and kept it moving. And then when I clocked out or when I got off of work and got in my car, I would cry again on the freeway before yeah. I would get my child because, you know, I got to freshen up before I get him. Yep. So it's like I would time my 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 episodes. Episodes, right? You know, and that's almost that's it's just it's a shame and truly unhealthy for us to not be able to just say, you know what, I can't today, and mm-hmm. only because we have so many responsibilities. So it's like, when when do we ever get a time for our own mental, you know, to sit and check ourselves? to sit and calm ourselves down, yeah. to sit and let go of some of that workload before we go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, again, this goes back to my blessings because, you know, now that I have a good grip on life, you know, I'm still young, of course, in my forties, but I, I got a pretty good grip on it. Um, I've always had a very good support team, even as a teenage mom. And believe me, I know when to say when, Mm-hmm. I know when to stop and pause and reflect. Mm-hmm. I know when to take off of work. Yep. And I'm so thankful that I have a job that's so flexible that will give me my time when I say I need my time. I will second that. Thank you. <laughs> Without question. You know, I've always had the, well, for the most part, I've always had those kind of jobs because, again, I was a teenage mom and I always put my, my kids first before any job. 
You know, um, I even quit a couple jobs because it didn't work with me and my kids' schedule. Right. Jobs. As you should have. Yeah, but you know, I'm, you know, and and I feel I I've all I've always kind of felt I don't know if I want to say sorry for parents, but you know, there's some parents out there that work, you know, and kind of don't have time for their kids. Yeah. You know, whether it be on the weekends or whether it be in the evenings, they can't see them come home from school and make their dinner. You know, and and you got to do what you got to do as a parent. I'm not mad at no parent, you know, but that just didn't sit well with me. It didn't work for me in my life. I had to see them at the beginning of their day before they start school. And I also had to see them when they got out of school and when they ended their day. Mm -hmm. That was just me, you know, and and I'm thankful that I've always had that kind of job. I've always been close to my kids. Like my job has, you know, it wasn't more than 20 minutes away from your school, if that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm when it was just around the corner, you know, that's just how I am. I have to be in close closeness with my kids. <laughs> and those are the motherly decisions that you made. Like, you know, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, they're going to go to this school because it's right here yeah. or we're moving into this neighborhood because this is right here and that's right there. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm making a conscious decision to keep that distance short. Absolutely. I'm making a conscious decision to say yes to this job because it's flexible. And that's what a lot of women, probably younger girls need to realize too. Like make the conscious decision for how you kind of want your life to be when it comes to work or if you want to be an entrepreneur, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. make the conscious decision. Don't just settle for something. And then you're like, Oh, well, I can't do it. Make the conscious decision, work toward what you're going to, what you want to do to make sure you and your family are straight. Absolutely. Because I can tap into, I've I've always had positions where, you know, it's super flexible. Take mm-hmm. off if you need it. Oh my gosh, go get a rental car. Whatever you need to do, <laughs> we are here to back you up. <laughs> yeah. And it's just always been a conscious decision of mine to kind of go for those things. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, it's going to help out in the long run. I'm not just going to just take whatever because I'm in need right now. Like if I could wait another couple of weeks, cause I know God got me, I know it's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to work for the betterment of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough decisions, man. It's tough decisions you got to make, you know, but I also believe in, you know, trying to be as consistent as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, as a parent, even as a woman, you know, your kids need stability. Yep. You know, you can't be bouncing around and changing your mind and flip flopping. And, you know, I take great pride that my kids, um, you know, my two, uh, Naima and Maury, they were in one school district. Yeah. From elementary to high school. Yeah. You know, and again, I was a young mom. And so, you know, a lot of young mother, you know, they're a little bit unstable. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, yeah, you got to you got to sit down and figure it out, though. Mm-hmm. And long know, long term, not just the okay, just right now, or I got this right now, and these these are on sale, and this is a little cheaper. Think <laughs> about it, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, decision making. You know, that's another thing I teach to my kids on how to make the best decision. You know, don't be too fast to make a decision. You know, check all your resources, tap into all your things, and you know, sleep on it, pray on it. Yeah. You know, don't make no fast decisions. You know, I also take great pride as, as, you know, as far as consistency and just trying to have a stable environment for my kids. 
my kids didn't see, see too many men around. Yeah. You know, that's another very important thing to me. And even though they have different dads, they still didn't see too many men around. Yeah. Outside of their dad, they probably maybe seen one, maybe two men. And again, that's just outside of their dad. And they were even, I think they were too young to remember. They only remember who they seen. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> um, and I just take great pride in that because I've dealt with so many men, you know, um, over the years and, you know, just been in a lot of unfortunate situations. But it was, I always, always made sure that my kid didn't see it. Yeah. I always made sure. And, you know, and I wasn't the best mother, the, the perfect mother. Yeah, I slipped up and made several mistakes. But, it, you know, I always thought about my kids first always thought about my kids first you know I just didn't want them to see the wrong things and didn't want them to grow up and say I remember my mom went through this and you know this happened and this man was you know I didn't want all that to to be yeah and have and have them traumatized from that oh no no not me (laughs) not my kids you know life is not perfect they're gonna see some ugly things I've seen some ugly things (laughs) it's life right it's life yeah. Like we said, all you can do is prepare for them and hope they listen and uh, take heed, take the word, and move yep. about it how they should. Yep. Yep. Like I said, I trust. I trust what I've done. I trust right. that I did the best thing, and I trust that God is going to keep them and keep us. So, you have truly enlightened all of us. Again, I thank you just for your openness and sharing, sharing your experiences, probably relating those experiences to another woman out there listening. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to leave this with, do you have any affirmations or just chance you say to yourself to kind of keep you focused and centered? I don't per se. Um, again, like I mentioned before, I study my word in the Bible mm-hmm. and I have some verses sometimes that I go to, mm-hmm. so I have my go-to verses. Um, you know, I don't have them verbatim, but one thing that stands out is I can do all things through Christ. Yep. And that's what strengthens me because, you know, I know that I can do all things that he instills in me, that he says that I can do. Um, I'm also big on words. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes certain words just come to me and it, it applies. You know, so what what's been hitting you lately? Oh gosh. Well, I had some words of the year I had wrote down in like my journal, um, like perspective, mm-hmm. um, energy, um, consistency. Mm-hmm. Draw back to my words and what it really means to me. Um That's about it. I did say I wanted to, you know, practice more affirmations, but I'm not sure if that's for me. Yeah. I think the words and the scriptures work best for me. Yeah, just identifying and connecting them all. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But affirmations is something that I tell other women Mm -hmm. to practice if if, if it's for them. So, yeah, talk to yourself, you know, pray within yourself. Yeah, that's that's definitely one to live on talk to yourself there is nothing wrong like sit in the mirror and look at you and speak to you as if that's your best friend oh yeah yeah i mean i talk in the shower i talk when i didn't got out the shower i'm drying myself off just the talking and then one of my daughters told me well you know 
mom, you talk to yourself a lot. I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> she said, well, it's been proven that people that talk to themselves are really intelligent. I said, well, you know, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do it sometimes, man. You just got to talk things out. You know, your mind is a very powerful thing. Yes, it is. You know, and you got to learn how to control it. So whatever it takes, you know, talk to yourself. Talk back, you know. Because it'll get you into something or out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on what you say. So you got to watch your words. Absolutely. You know, and one final word I want to leave on is um, action. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's one thing, you know, to to say this and write this down and believe in this and you know, but if you're not about that action, yeah, if you're not making stuff happen, and if you're not arising to different levels in life, then you know what you're really doing. You know? I think that's how a lot of people get caught up in prayer. I've been praying, and but what are you physically doing? <laughs> you know, to move toward that. You say you want this, but you've done nothing in that direction. You yeah. know, like the the prayers that you're praying every night are not going to go anywhere. If you don't take a step. Yes. Well, you know, the saying is faith without works is dead. Yeah. So, I mean, and and that's another topic that, you know, we're not going to go into, of course. But when I talk to people about prayer, certain people, I also have to talk about action. Mm -hmm. You you have to prepare for what you want. It doesn't just come. And if it comes, something is wrong. If it just comes like that. You know, just comes easy. Nothing in life is easy. I tell my kids, like, you know, all the time. Like, if it comes quick and fast, question that, please. Yeah, because you're probably not prepared for it. You're about to mess it all up. Yeah, are you prepared for the blessings that you're praying for? You want a bigger house. Are you prepared? Can you afford it? Are you going to maintain it? Have you cleaned out the one that you have now? Yeah, you want more clothes. But do you wear the clothes that you already have? Or have you cleaned out your closet? You know, you want more money. So what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, you don't know how to work a computer? Did you take a computer class? You, you know, just stuff like that. Like, what is yeah. your action? What yeah. is your plan? My grandpa always told me to have a plan A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I'm so detailed with my children because it's like, no, we're not going to just depend on one thing. Right. Like, what if that one thing doesn't work? Right. And what is your action? <laughs> what's your next step? Right. And then what's your end game? <laughs> what are you trying to do? <laughs> How many ways can you get there? You know, and that's why my kids sometimes, and even not just my kids, but just my peer, my students at, at, at my job, they know when they come to Miss Ford, you got to come A1. Yeah, don't come with no excuses and no, stuff. No, no excuses because every problem you present, I'm going to present a resolution. Mm-hmm. So if you're not into resolution and action, then we may not need to talk right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Go get you a piece of paper with a pen, work it out, they come. <laughs> Come holler at me. Yeah, all about that action. I'm going to leave it at that, man. <laughs> all about that action. Well, I thank you, Nia, again. You thank you for your time. I truly appreciate it. Yes, all the pleasure is mine. Okay. This is not going to be the last time you ladies hear this lady. Yes. Um, you know, like I said, we had so much to talk about. We didn't even touch on half the stuff <laughs> that we were supposed to. So, this is going to be an episode 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. We yeah. don't know. You know, it could go anywhere. But I'm just so happy that you guys were able to listen in. I'm so happy that you guys were get, able to get some insight on my friend. 
She is a beauty, and I thank her again. Thank you so much, Nia. You're welcome, Christian. Much love. Much love. I will talk to you later soon. Ladies, we'll see you next week. Hey, it might be Nia again. We don't know. Okay. With the week passed by, we may be right back on this line again. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm, ready. I'm out. All right. <laughs> love you. Love you, too. Nia, I truly want to take this time to say thank you. Thank you for coming out with me this evening and talking. Thank you for sharing your truth. Thank you for being an inspiration. Thank you for being motivational to so many ladies out there that are going to hear this and probably be able to take heed and truly understand all the experiences that you have been through and look at themselves and put themselves in the same situation to see how you made it out and how they can too. I, again, want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ladies, we're going to do this again next week. So stay tuned and I hope to see you then because we're going to have some more great talk with some great women. So I hope to see you next week.